0: Hey there, teachers, this is Josh Brothers, and welcome to the Teach in the Sneaks, the podcast for any individual who's looking to lead, teach, and mentor with humanity and compassion. This week, my guest is David Hobben. He's a Utah artist and an assistant professor of illustration at Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah. His work has been featured at the Kimball Arts Center in Park City, the Fine Art Department at BYU and the University of Utah, and at a variety of arts events, and in his latest book, Mr. Sherman's Cloud, Available for purchase through local Salt Lake City bookstores or through Amazon.com. You can check out more of his work on his website, hobbenink.com. That's H A B B E N I N K.com. And I highly encourage you to follow him on Instagram at hobbenink. David has become a really great friend of mine. He's supportive, thoughtful, observant, creative. We've had our fair share of laughs as well as deep conversations. And those are just the kind of qualities a great teacher needs. And when I came across an article that he authored and illustrated for BYU Magazine, the experience he shared, for me at least, was a revelation. The story is called Reset, and it can be found in the Spring 2019 issue. A link to the full illustrated article can be found in the description of this episode. His prompt was to identify and share a life-changing educational experience. And this particular episode occurred during his junior year after transferring to BYU from Boise State University. We'll begin with David reading his work, and as you listen, pay attention to both sides of the situation, where he was as a student, and the response of his teacher. I'm sure that you will find it as inspiring as I did, and immediately connect with an experience of your own, and find out how the principle he shares is applicable in your own sphere of influence. Here's David Hobbin with his article, Reset.
1: Being a transfer student isn't easy. It's like pushing reset on your life. You pack up everything you've built in one arena and take it down a new road, somewhere strange and foreign. In 2004, after three attempts, I was admitted to BYU. My plan was to apply to the illustration program and become a professional artist. I showed up in Provo, portfolio in hand, with hope for the best and a healthy dose of that kind of fear that comes with a new endeavor, no matter how promising it may seem. Luckily, old friends were there to welcome me, and new friends were soon to follow. Everything was falling into place. At least it was at first. As I dove into the work and learned from my new instructors, I became increasingly aware that my art and illustration style, focused on line drawings and digital tools, was out of step with my teachers and classmates for traditional oil-painted portraits and landscapes. I filled my sketchbooks one after another, and regrettably, grumbled my way through too many classes. Eventually, I discovered that trying to create work similar to that of my peers was not going to happen. Blame it on stubbornness, a need for individual, individuality, or whatever you like. I wasn't able to walk that path. I needed to be myself again. So one particularly frustrating day, I pushed my paints to the side, climbed atop my desk, and taped several pieces of paper to the studio windows. Grabbing my brush and a cup of ink, I drew one illustration after another, getting out my ideas with equal parts frustration and eagerness. It was then that one of my p- favorite professors came walking through the studio. He was honest, sometimes brutally, and I appreciated that. What's all this? He asked. I was worried what he would say, but he simply looked the drawing over carefully, and with a wry smile said, keep it up. It was all I needed to hear. The validation from those simple words gave me a confidence that I didn't realize I was lacking, and that I needed to move forward artistically. Now as a BYU professor myself, I look for those moments with my own students. I wonder if they realize how much I hope for their success, and want to constantly tell them those magic words.
0: Keep it up. I love this story. Um, I mean, in particular because it works on so many levels. Because, I mean, it it talks about you as a student. talks about you as a teacher. It kind of gives us the longitudinal look of a human act, really. Because, I mean, it's not until something has occurred within the fabric of time that it becomes uniquely human, right? right? And become a moment that you're able to look back on, draw inspiration from, draw guidance from. Right. And I think that, I mean, all of it, I can kind of think back on the teachers that have influenced me yeah. as well, sure. right? And so I'm, I'm curious for yourself, um, as you see yourself now in the classroom, mm-hmm. and how many years have you been teaching on the c- collegiate level?
1: So I've been adjunct teaching for about nine
0: years, okay. on, uh, but this is my first full-time faculty position. Full-time gig. Yeah, so this is the first year of that. As, as you begin working with your students, I mean, it's kind of unique um, whether you're working on an elementary school level or on a high school level or on a collegiate level, but really the principles of what makes a good teacher are the same regardless of the people that you're surrounded by. Um, and so I think that this story illustrates so well what I found to almost be a core philosophy for yourself as a person with the way that you interact with people and with that kindness and with that patience and with that recognition of individuality. And I'm wondering if you could just explore a little bit for us what your philosophy in the classroom is in relation to this story that you've shared
1: oh, well those are really kind things to say um, thank you I think um, it, it's been interesting to step into this this role of teaching full-time because I want to be that guy that says keep it up to my students yeah. all the time
0: well and, and, I mean you're also a professional artist I mean you're yeah, I, I mean you do illustration work and you you're just releasing a New children's story, Mister Sherman's yeah, Class, which is book, yeah. which is great. Go find it. Go pick it up. It's a great story. Um, I'll, I'll shamelessly pitch for you. I don't yeah, care. First book signing this weekend. Awesome. Yeah. English. <laughs> That's right. um, but then at the same time, I, I think that there's that crossover that happens because there are lots of people who are professionals at things that don't necessarily teach. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: I get I get worried about. Um, like artist well-being, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I found um, that when I would interact in my artistic community, we're all struggling with these same feelings of self-worth and how do we make better work and how does that work get noticed and Uh. what does that mean for you even if it does get noticed? How does that apply to your own definition of success?
0: In the arts particularly, there's lots of that kind of self-reflection. Yeah, Yeah. well, it's this
1: very subjective environment, right? Mm -hmm. there are some objective things that we can look at when it comes to um, how things are technically done. But art, at the end of the day, it's it's just a matter of what you like and what you don't you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah, for sure. And that's hard. I mean, that's, that's hard for people to wrap their brain around and, and try to find their own sense of well-being and also um, manage the influences that come from other people's view of it. You know?
0: yeah. So, yeah. Well, and I think that that's kind of a unique thing that you, I mean, how do you see that playing out in the classroom? Because I'm, I, I think a lot of us are concerned with the way that we may bring our own biases in the classroom sure. as well and trying sure. to keep that out. I mean, as an English teacher and, and I'm teaching kids how to write, right. I, I don't want them turning into miniature my opinions, right. you yeah, know, right. type of thing. Yeah. But I do want to encourage them to acquire skill sets and be able to apply them in, sure. so that they can communicate more effectively, right. which which is the same, I would assume for very art. Much, very much, very right?
1: the same. Yeah, it's it's the same mentality completely, and I mean, you want them to be able to read and write better, mm-hmm. but not like Josh Brothers. They you know, you got to get their own voice out. Yeah, and it's really challenging for students, especially to come into a classroom where they know that you know, somebody like me does a lot of line work or digital work, mm-hmm. and they say, "Well, if I want to impress, you know, Mister Hobbin, I got to do it that way." <laughs> you know, and, and I'm on the end of it saying no, you don't have to do it this way and it's a real disconnect and some of the students have a really hard time yeah. when I put it into their lap and say you make the art and they think, well, I don't even know what that means because I'm so used to you know doing what my teachers tell me and, yeah. and checking that box or whatever and it's a, lot, it's a big it, it's really caused a lot of stress for them a lot of mental health anxiety comes in yeah, around.
0: so That's I think that that kind of opens things up into a much larger conversation that yeah. comes with how how do you encourage and foster that individuality? Yeah. Um and I mean I I hesitate to say this a little bit, but I mean it's like but if you do wanna do line art, mm-hmm. great. Sure. But that's not the be all end all, right? Yeah. So what has have you had any like um what are some experiences that stand out from your time in the classroom mm-hmm. of how, how does how does a good teacher, in your opinion, yeah. and I'm going to lump you in with good teachers. How's that sound? I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I your, if I in your camp? I'm good. I'm oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, stop it some more, please. Um, but I mean, how how have you approached fostering that kind of creativity?
1: Yeah, um, it's really hard. I think when I started, I had more of this mentality of how can I like blanket resolve this issue. Like yeah. how can I go into classroom and take thirty students and solve all of their problems like make it good right like Sisyphus where, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> and and now I I think it's more about um, approaching the one like you have the assignments yeah. that the class does some of them are going to succeed at it more easily and others are going to take more work and some people are going to have a really hard time with it and, yeah. and I think slowly over time in a, in a semester and I hope I get to do this better over time Yeah. you start to recognize that student that just needs to be let go to do their thing, uh-huh. and then the one that needs your help, and, and understand that it's a, it's okay to do that. Yeah, and You don't have to, like, it's like with, with kids, like if one gets a toy and the other one doesn't, like sometimes that's okay. You don't always have to give them the exact same thing. Uh-huh. Right? And so in the classroom, if somebody is really needing your attention more than the other person, and if you can balance that out with the proper attention to everybody else, then that's fine. You don't have to feel, yeah. like they, they all have to be on the same level.
0: I wonder if, in some aspect, because in here you have this line that says, um, you were very stubborn, and I love the line that says, I regrettably grumbled my way through too oh, many glasses, sure. right? For sure, yeah. And then one particularly frustrating day, you just like, that's it, yep. I'm done, yep. you know, type of thing. And how much of that do you think was of your own making as a student? And how much of it was maybe inculcated into you from teachers you had before? that had tried to box you. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it reminds me a little bit of, like, in the 1860s, you've got the pre-Raphaelites, uh-huh. right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you've got uh, Rossetti, sure. who totally rejected the school, which was yeah. like, copy the masters, copy the masters, copy right. the masters. Right. Then, maybe, right. you get to do your own stuff. Right. And and is just like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and his yeah. first paintings are terrible, yeah. but at the same time, they reflect like the edge of his ability, like yeah. like necks are too long and arms are foreshortened, and this is like really weird. Um, but I wonder how much, how much of this desire or need or perception that we need to follow the prescription uh-huh. versus jumping on top of the table, grabbing a brush and a cup of ink, yeah. and drawing one illustration after another. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, is of our own making versus yeah. our versus our system.
1: I think I think some people just have it in them. Like I'm as surprised as anybody else that I'm teaching at BYU. Yeah. It more grateful than I can tell you, but like really surprised. Mm-hmm. Because most of the the image that we have and, and, and as I've been there, I it's not I found it to not be as true as, as you might imagine, but most of the image we have is sure. people go there when they're really good at following the rules. Like you get in because mm-hmm. you you take the right test and you go there because you like the honor code and you follow these rules and whatever else. And, um, but I think that there's a really, um, healthy aspect to the idea of a little bit of rebellion, mm-hmm. maybe a little, even a little bit of undeserved confidence when you're young to say like, because that pushes you forward, right? Yeah. Like, like, you know, you talk about Rosetti, like, yeah, his paintings weren't like amazing yeah. by comparison at the beginning. But you know his name now. Yeah. Right? Still. Right. Still. You know. And 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 that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I don't know what my instructors thought of me when I was going through the program. But mm. I, I certainly wasn't like any kind of master of oils. That's for sure. Yeah. But now you know, fifteen years later, here I am, or thirteen years later, and um, and there's some there's some kind of reward for that little bit of rebelliousness. Yeah. And so when you talk about like how do I bring that into the classroom now like, I've got some students that are that are like I was, a little overconfident and don't want to play by the rules or whatever else. And there's this weird pull in me. I'm like, well, now I'm the teacher, but that's going to serve you well. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, there's like this
0: tension of opposites, right? Because yes. like, I know it's, it's my students' God-given right yeah. to push against the fence. Yeah, for sure. But it's my duty to push back a little bit. Right. And I think that, I don't know, it's almost like there's this tension that yeah. needs to be held yeah. that i mean that, and that's where we get muscle growth right, right? because there, there has yeah. to be some of that push and pull well that's
1: such a great way to put it the yeah. idea like i'm glad that i'm glad that you put it that way with the fence because i think it's important to realize that neither you or the student are the fence right like yeah. if you're pushing to hold some things up they're pushing against it but you don't you don't embody the the restriction or the rule that's an interesting you're way of putting it, yeah. with it, right? And so, and 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 if you <clears> visualize that, uh, you know, visualize everything. If you're pushing on one side, they're pushing on the other. Uh, there is that give and take, mm-hmm. and there are times certainly where you let them push a little bit and give them some room. And other times we have to say no, no, no. Now I need to hold this fence up. But, yeah. But it's not. They're not
0: pushing against you as the teacher. You represent something
1: to them. You represent the fence, but you're not
0: the fence. Yeah. Can Can you maybe think of a like an example in your classroom where that's happened. Uh, yeah, so
1: um, so for instance, like we'll, we'll talk about just BYU has its sure. rules. Sure. Right? And, and let's let's take it out of the religious context and put it more in just the program has policies. Right? Sure. Okay. So um, there's attendance policies, there's grading policies, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. That that to me is like that fence, right? Sure. But all. That's the that's, line in the sand. Yeah, that's the yeah. line in the sand. But I'm not that rule. Well, I didn't, I support the rule. I think it's a good rule. Mm-hmm. But I also recognize that life happens, right? And so if I've got a student that they have to miss days because maybe they've got some anxiety issues, maybe they've got family issues, maybe they're overwhelmed with something else, I can either I can either become that policy and say, uh-huh. that's the way it is, I'm sorry, you're out. Or I can let them push against that a little bit and say, look, my life changed. And then I flex back and I say, okay, that's fine. Let's let's reevaluate what you can do yeah. to make this work for you.
0: Well, and I like that word that you use, flex. Mm. Right? That I I I can flex, and I think that that's an important aspect of uh, of really just being compassionate, mm. right? And and just taking a look at each person's situation and mm. saying, I you know. I know what the rule is, but yeah. let's make things work because because yeah. I care about you. I'm going to exercise a little bit of yeah. mercy here yeah. for you, yeah. rather than being you know judge, jury, and executioner right. type of thing. And I think that that um, is important not not only in like I hate the term classroom management, mm-hmm. I, and and that's where I think it kind of changes from classroom management to classroom leadership, right? Because you recognize where your students' needs are and you're following And I guess that that really comes out to be what this one teacher was. I mean, um, he's the hero of the story. Yeah, right? He comes along and I love this line. He says, "Um, one of my favorite professors came walking through the studio, who's honest, sometimes brutally, and I appreciated all that. What's all this? You know, it's like dun, 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 you know? And I was worried what he would say, but he simply looked the drawing over carefully and with a wry smile, said, "Keep it up." Right, right. See,
1: that's him flexing right there. He's because uh-huh. he could. I mean, he was a fantastic artist. And, yeah. And he could paint and draw everybody out of the room. Um, w- would you mind sharing his name with us? Oh yeah, no, it was it, it. Was, it was Richard Hall, who's Richard yeah, Hall. Okay. He's amazing, and um, yeah, one of one of the uh, one of my favorite teachers there. He, he didn't he he probably never knew that at the time because he and I sure were were has but he, had to, he was smart enough. And, and, well, I said, wise enough and compassionate enough that when he saw that I was stubborn, and, and, but he wanted to help me succeed, he could have said, Get down off that table and get back to whatever you're doing. What are you doing? And right. instead, he saw that I was being myself. Yeah. And I think he, he appreciated that. And that's kind of what I mean when I get to this idea that that's, that's why I wanted to tell my students, Keep it up. Because, if, I mean, Keep It Up is kind of a simple way of saying it, but the, the longer version of that is, I see your individuality, and you need to express that if you're going to be a, a good artist. And yeah. so I'm going to give you that space. And, and most students don't realize they have that space. They think, mm. I've got to check these boxes. You know, we, we stress maybe a certain style or whatever else to a point that when they're in their junior, senior year, and they can start doing their own work, they're,
0: they're not quite sure how to do that. Well, and I think that if we consider any classroom, like a science classroom, a math classroom, an English classroom, an art classroom, in the end, I think any teacher could agree that we want to have students who are able to think and act for themselves within the context of that subject. Yeah, right. I, 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 want you, I, I don't want you to just be able to, uh, you know, run through the quadratic formula, but I want you to be able to engage math well um, I want you to be able to think about it and not just check my box because when I mean you think about yourself as a human when you do something just by rote mm-hmm. how much of that do you really internalize and retain yeah right you jump through the box but then next the next year mm-hmm. what have you really internalized yeah. right Yeah. and I guess yeah. uh, part of that comes from creating that emotional tie to it mm-hmm. And at the same time, I mean, would, would you say that your experience, when he said, keep it up, acted as an inspiration for you to continue working within that?
1: Oh, the confidence that I got from planet. that moment was huge. Uh-huh. Um, because, like I was saying in that article, like, everybody else around was doing oil paintings and uh-huh. whatever. Which, and, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. At all. But it, it just wasn't where I wanted to go. Uh-huh. Um, for whatever reason my, sure. my rosette and I just uh, I just thought like there's there's no point in me being here looking around the room and s- when you see 9 out of 10 people doing something different than you and getting praise mm-hmm. and high grades for it and, and I didn't get bad grades I had teachers that were compassionate to me but, but the mentally there was like that I'm not fitting in here kind of thing right? Yeah. and so when he comes along and sees that I'm doing my own thing and takes the opportunity to say that's okay like oh geez really like you, like you like this person I put on this huge pedestal has just said yeah you you be you it's like whoa good. okay this is huge right yeah and um, that's I mean that's I think more important to me with my own students now Nathan, you asked earlier about teachers that you know were influential or kind of got me in that mindset I think they were the ones that that pushed me like you mentioned, to being excited and
0: engaged with what I was doing. And having that emotional component and that, uh, I don't know, I I guess you could say it's just kind of a boost to your ego, but at the same time, in that moment, you're almost performing in response to the care and love that you have for your professor that carries you through that next moment as in your development, right? And I, I don't think we could ever forget that, I mean, as teachers... It's just a really different dynamic. We're not mm. friends. We're not parents. Right. Um, we're not peers. Right. We're teachers. Right. And that's a unique... It kind of encapsulates a lot of those attributes, though, right? Yeah, you exactly, kind of right? And, I mean, and you're sort of a parent, and you're sort right. of a friend, and you're sort of... But you're not any one of those one things. Right. And, and um, recognizing that a lot of times what encourages students to raise their level of performance and engagement and personal just thinking and application of any kind of subject or skill that we're, we're trying to impart to them yeah. which we know is useful and we know we know it's something they desire especially on a collegiate sure. level like right, that they're they're paying to be there sure um how do we I gotta be careful here with the word that I choose because I don't want to say we manipulate. You know, we, we don't want to manipulate people, but sure, at the same right? time, how do, how do we practice influence well? Yeah. yeah right. Because I, mean, I mean that is a, yeah. pretty heavy responsibility that we take that that carries with it a lot of implications. Yeah. yeah. With with that kind of influence.
1: Yeah, well, I don't think that. You know, I don't think Richard at the time was meaning to change my, sure. my mindset at all. I mean, maybe he was. It, but for me... Who knows the who mysteries, knows right? the mysteries. But, but I think about the, the instructions I've had, like the ones whose names I can still remember yeah. a decade on, which my memory's not great, so that's kind of saying something. <laughs> but, like, but I look back and I go, oh, I can, I can you know, pick five or six people, and I say, well, yeah, that person challenged me to make work that was more true to me. That person sat down and talked to me about it and made me like feel life in my art, mm. And that person gave me a practical application for it. Where, like Richard, who just basically said, like, you're doing a good thing. Yeah. What, what you're doing right now is worth doing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and we don't, I think we expect from our students a lot of times that they just intrinsically know that whatever the subject matter is is worth knowing.
0: Oh, couldn't that could be farther from the truth, right. though, you know. Right, it's, yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and, and they don't, I mean, they, you are, whether it's English or Algebra or uh-huh. art or whatever, like, they come in, especially in the grade school level, because they have to, but yeah, it's compulsory. It's right? compulsory. But even if we, like, we have a program set up that if you come and, and you know, you get into a specific major at universities or whatever, there's classes you have to take. So mm-hmm. they show up with that same thing, like, I have to take this Drawing class, one. Drawing one. Yeah. And then you say, okay, like, how can I get you to understand that this is awesome? And it can be a wonderful part of your life. Like, understanding the books you read at a deeper level mm-hmm. will change your life. But they don't see that. You have to get them to that point. And same with art. So when, when I'm just drawing and doing whatever, and then I have a, an instructor that comes and sits down and talks to me about what yeah. I'm doing, and analyzes what I'm doing, and gets beyond the page, and why are you doing this, and what what could you be doing differently? Then it suddenly becomes this part of me, and I'm like, oh, this is why I like art. Before, you know? and yeah. I, I mean, I did art through high school, and, um, and, and got significant praise or whatever to kind of keep me going sure like 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 you don't know why that's an aspect of it you know yeah you like you think okay people like what i do this must be something for me but it wasn't until i got into college and had those deeper conversations with teachers that actually cared yeah i thought oh i love this This
0: well we we talk about that as well as just like you know we um have different reasons of why we do things you know so there's we do it out of fear yeah. uh, because if i don't pass this class then i don't get on to mo- get to move on to the classes i want to or i don't right. get the degree that i want right. or whatever right so that's your fear motivation right. Right. Um, you have the students who will do it for the praise and they want the reward right yeah. so that you can dangle the carrot in mm-hmm. front of them and there's your you know good job you know right. oh, nom 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 nom, right. nom right. right and and they love that yeah, but that's... i think really what we want to do is as as teachers is help move our students to that intrinsic yeah. Motivation to participate, right? Yeah. This this is awesome. Um, I I know I finally know how to read books for deeper meaning and draw a connection right. to my life. Right. Now I now I'm gonna be a voracious reader, right? right? Now I know how to do this extra skill, and I just sure. love. I mean, yeah. the way that you said it was just dripping with that uh, reflection. said, "Wow, I just I love." Yeah, art. you can't. I love you, this,
1: and that's it. I mean. I I think what I'm recognizing now yeah. seems like we'll even have students that will be, you know, getting near graduation, getting a degree in art. And I don't and think still. that's clicked for them yet. Yeah. And you say like well and like you, you might still be doing maybe like you're saying for the carrot, like or the praise or whatever else. But I, I hope for them that at some point they can they can really understand what that means. And one of the ways that I try to do that with, with my own students and, and, and it's always a work in progress, right? But sure. Is to, is to give them a lot of latitude. And whereas maybe other classes are going to say, okay, draw me a red box and draw this still life and do this. Whatever. I come in and say, okay, these are some tools that we're going to use. I'm going to give you kind of some rough demonstrations mm-hmm. of it, and then I expect you to experiment. And there's it. risk
0: in that. And there's so much That's risk. That's super right? risky because yeah. I mean, at the same time, I mean, it, it, Okay, so we take a look at like how I do that in English. Yeah. It's just like they and my students hate it when I do this. Mm-hmm. How long does it have to be? And it's right, like right, As it. long as it needs to be. Yep, yep. I want you to clearly communicate yeah, to me yeah. your opinion. Uh-huh. And that can be in a paragraph. It better be a great paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean it's gotta be incredibly well written, right, but yeah. I mean I know people who could communicate well yeah. to me in that space. Sure. But I'm going to suggest maybe you give me just a little bit more. Yeah. But that's up to you. When yeah. you feel like you have clearly communicated to me, yeah. Then you're done. That's the same.
1: So we have like. But that's like risky. Yeah, yeah. it's Totally risky. And there's like you know I we ask for sketches. Or yeah. And there's like how many how many sketches do you want? How many pages of the yeah. sketch you Because I want the grade. I want the carrot. I want that. No, 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 one hundred percent. And just like with the writing, like you hope at some point that they're writing that, that like I'm going to do this in a paragraph, and then they're like they suddenly grasp onto an opinion and they can't stop writing. Uh-huh. And that's what I want for my students. I say like, okay, you're sketching, you're sketching, you're sketching. If if you get to, let's say a minimum ten thumbnail sketches, mm-hmm. and you don't feel the need to draw another one, then you're not there yet. Like mm-hmm. you gotta like you gotta get to that point where like oh I, I want to make this so good. Where I you have the now. desire like, to make it interesting. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. But and and it's really hard. Some students never get to that point, point. and other students go so far past that that you can't stop them from just the prep work, and they can't even get to the final because they're
0: like, so caught up in it. <laughs> yeah, but I've had students that way, too. I yeah. had uh, one in particular this year where she, she was just so caught up in it that I had to pull on the reins a little bit. And I guess so that's yeah. where that flexes again. I I've had to yeah. like pull her a full stop. Um, there was this horse I used to work with. We're going a really weird direction right yeah. now. Um, named Lucky Seven. Nice. And she was a thoroughbred mm-hmm. who had been used as a broodmare after she had gotten too old and now she couldn't fall anymore mm. and so she was gonna be put down yeah. and a friend of mine uh picked her up and said well i'll, I'll take her and adopted her and you know they just let her have her for free i mean yeah. and she was like 16 and a half hands i mean she was tall a long person. long-legged lady right yeah. and she was really good at turning left but couldn't turn right to yeah, save like her. Like <laughs> <zoo-bender kind laughs> she was just really good because she'd been yeah. on the track her whole life, right? Oh, sure, and and yeah. so we needed; she needed to be trail broken. Oh. And I remember the first couple times we were taking her on the trail, okay. she was so skittish. And then you'd kind of get her up to a to a gallop, yeah. still not fully opened up, but if the trail turned right, yeah. you'd have to, she would just do this Tokyo drift and start running <laughs> sideways. And so you had to pull her to a full stop and say, okay, we're going to... Start again. Yeah, again. And yeah, yeah. that was the way with the student. I mean, she got yeah. so caught up in the idea and thinking through the idea and yeah, yeah. seeing all these different sides of it that she couldn't even get through her first draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I said, "Oh, hold up. Yeah. Okay, we're going to reset. This is an exercise. Yeah. Right? We're not sending this out to be published. No one's going to take this exercise and hold it against you over your exactly head. Right. For the purpose of the exercise, you've got all these different ideas. Yeah. I want you to pick three yeah. and just go with it. For sure. Because that would, uh, otherwise she never gets out of the shoot, Right. You know? Right. Which is important. Yeah.
1: And that's, I mean, that's exactly the same kind of principle. It, I mean, it goes into all that stuff that we talked about. Sure. Currently, the, the fail faster kind of mentality. Uh-huh. The dangers of, of social media. Like, yeah. Like, kids that, they they won't draw or anything that they can't post. Right? So, like, if I. That's interesting. I haven't even considered that. Oh, can, yeah. Can you talk to us a little
0: bit more about that? Yeah. So,
1: there's, I mean, the idea of, of failing is, uh, it's big and small, right? Yeah. So, sort of like you say, okay, I'm going to try to start a business and it fails. Well, okay, you tried. And then maybe yeah. that's, a, that's a big deal. That's whatever. But it translates all the way down to a simple drawing. And if I give you an assignment, I say, okay, Josh, I want you to draw um, uh, the horse. Draw Lucky said.
0: Sure, okay. You know? yeah.
1: and, um, and you start to draw and you kind of start to sketch. And it doesn't look like it right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in your mind, you're thinking, well, I haven't posted to Instagram today and I don't have much time left. oh And then I got I got to try to make this work. And then you like you get like I can't I can't do this. Yeah. Instead of saying I've got I don't know, however much time. Let's say I gave you 3 days. Mhm. Spend the first 2 days just drawing that horse as many times as you can, different angles, different use different yeah. tools, whatever, because I I'm not going to I don't care. And as an instructor, when I when I go back, I want to see their process. So I'll flip through their sketchbook. Yeah. And if I see only like nicely finished stuff that they've posted online, like, where's the experimentation? Where's the failure? Yeah. You know, like, because nobody gets it right the first time. Right? Sure. You don't just sit down and like get, get it perfect. Um, you might get something passable, but that's not yeah. really good. And so, in that same way, I say like that that first sketch. Maybe it was great. Mm-hmm. Do it again. And they're like, well, but that's
0: failure if I didn't it the first time. Like, dude, yeah, that's part of process. It's, it's got nothing to do with. You well, know, we almost that. need to teach process. I mean, and that's. I'm really glad that this came up because mm-hmm. I don't think I've even considered it before mm-hmm. about how social media is almost influencing. The generation of students oh, that yeah. we're seeing it requires right so now, much right? Of that. So much. Well, and it, and it, not just that, but it's. Uh, It's like the philosophy of the curated life, Mm. right? And I mean, some of the things that I'm seeing is that I mean, some of the stuff they post on my social media. I'm like, really? Like that? That's 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 the the thing that you want to have recorded for? for, Okay, all right, whatever. (laughs) Maybe maybe they're doing a better job of failing than I thought because. (laughs) because (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then at the same time, um, you talk about students almost being paralyzed from practice. Yeah because of the perception that they want to portray yeah. via their social media. The practice right? takes time,
1: right? I mean the mm-hmm. horse, how many how long did it take to get her to turn right and go up a trail? Oh my gosh, it was months. Months, right? Yeah. It takes time. Everything mm-hmm. takes time. Learning how to draw takes time. Learn to write. All this stuff takes time. But when you when you're looking through the internet and there's new stuff every minute and your favorite personality is posting every day and yeah. big projects and all this kind of stuff. Like, we don't see all of the process that went into that. Right? I, well, we know artists that they're posting every day, but yeah. I've, I've been aware of that artist long enough that I know that they did that drawing 10 years ago. And it's like, like yeah, they yeah. didn't just come up with that last night. <laughs> but you don't, you don't see any of that, right? Yeah. Or you got, yeah. And take it out of the drawing. Like, i got to have the next witty viral mark on Twitter. i got to have the next perfect Snapchat yeah. video, whatever. Uh, or whatever the latest thing is that's going on. And, and it happens very fast, and you have people that devote their lives to making a lot of social media posts. Well, if you're a student at any yeah. grade level, you don't have time for that. Uh-huh. You know, in your studies, you're doing your work. Hopefully, you're doing the work. And and if you're comparing yourself to that constant stream, yeah. and, then, and you don't see failure. I mean, uh-huh. when was the last time that you saw anybody that's got like a million followers on Instagram post like a really bad photo of themselves? Right. Yeah. Or if they did, it was part of a greater campaign to show how they can postpone their taxes. <laughs> like, like it's all manipulation. Yeah. And so, um, and that that. Well, that's the curated
0: a, life, right? That's the curated life. But at the same time, so uh, there was a really interesting episode by Hidden Brain recently um, from NPR that talks yeah. about yeah, this concept, right? And one of the things that they said is that there's there's actually a part of us that wants to live that fantasy though like when we go to uh a concert and we just hear an amazing guitarist yeah, right yeah. um and we we want to unconscious, subconsciously i guess live that fantasy yeah. that says oh, yeah. well that guy's just gifted that yes. guy's just talented, yes. And, yes. and wow, I mean, wow, yeah. what a gift yeah, yeah. that they have, right? Yeah. And we don't see the hours and hours and, and blistered fingers yeah. and the, the number of recordings that they've done and, yeah. and how many times they've run through that yeah. song, right? And the, and the head's banging against the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that same fantasy... Stops us from believing that we could also arrive at that level. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're just gifted. Yeah, I'm just not that good
1: There is it's so interesting you bring this up because I just listened to this uh, great interview with uh, (coughs) Russell Brand's uh, podcast. He was talking about Lena Dunham. Okay, and she was talking about kind of a similar thing about when you get to um, This celebrity status or famous for something that you're doing Mm -hmm. you suddenly find that there are a lot of other people that are doing or uh, wanting to do the same thing as you, and want to get to that level. Yeah. And they're looking to you and wanting a confirmation that their work is worth it. So they're saying mm. like, "You worked really hard, and now you're famous. Is it as great as it as it as we want it to be? You know, is it like, is it everything that you want it to be?" Yeah. And she said it's really hard because you want to enjoy your success, but at the same time, you also kind of have to. Lie a little bit because they just want to see the goal. If you if you show them all the hard work and the years of effort and the pain yeah. and the toil, then it's gonna make them feel bad. And so, <laughs> so you just say it's great, it's worth it. Yeah. And and I think you know artists will come to me like and they'll say um, if I get like a commission or something, I say well, how'd you get that client? And um, I I want to like say well twenty years of really hard work and, yeah. and luck and networking and. All these things rolled into one and all this stuff came about, you know, because of this accumulated mass years of, of yeah. effort. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, they don't want to hear that. They want to just hear that, oh, I was in the right place at the right <laughs> time. You
0: know, like they just have to show Well, up. I mean, and sometimes that happens. I mean, sometimes you're walking along and you kick over a stone yeah. and there is a little nub of gold and you start digging yeah. and it goes down a mile. But I would say yeah. that that is the... Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the exception. <but>
1: even that, <laughs> Not the rule. Even that. Let's. Say, let's I love that. So let's right. say that you like you're walking and you and you do kick it over and you and you look at that nugget. There are there are people that are going to stub their toe. And On be, that same rock, and, so and many times. Yeah. but it's the preparation that you had to be looking for the gold, and then the hard work of digging it out of the ground. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. so and I, and I don't mean like. I don't mean to say that like any any success you have is just about you.
0: Sure. There's so many people. Well, success is so arbitrarily defined yes. as well. You know yeah. What I mean? Absolutely. So that's a whole other. Topic. Absolutely,
1: but if you can, you know, thinking back with your students, if you can instill in them that idea that like, like luck is something that you prepare for, mm-hmm. success is something that you prepare for,
0: and so. So when the opportunity arrives. When it's there, you can take advantage. Of you don't miss it. Yeah. yeah you're, nobody, you're enabled to take advantage. Yeah,
1: it's of. not like somebody comes up to just somebody on the street and says, "Hey, you want to draw something for me?". But you know, but if you're yeah. drawing all the time and you're you're trying to get your work out in different ways, uh, through healthy social media habits and whatever sure. else, um, then then yeah, someday you're gonna get that call. I mean, to be quite honest, that's the way that Mr. Sherman's cloud book came about for me. I was talk to, uh, to me about that. Yeah. So, it, it actually was kind of awkward because I had been telling my students like be very careful with social media, don't spend a lot of time on it, blah, blah blah. But it's really this a big part of marketing. So, yeah. so you have to think of it as a tool for you, not you being its tool, right? Sure. Um, but for me, that was the thing. I, I posted a sketch years ago from my sketchbook. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my publisher, Page Street, called me up and said, we love this sketch. Do you have a story for it? And I was like, I do now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they worked with me over the yeah. course. You know, and there's another example. They, I, I was, there was luck for that. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's. I've got a story that I can start on. We worked on it for six months with the editor to get it to be what it was. Yeah. Great team at Page Street. And they, they worked with me. And then we illustrated the whole thing. So um, was I lucky? Absolutely. But was yeah. I prepared to make use of that luck? You bet. Because I've yeah.
0: been slaving away, you know. Maybe. absolutely i mean not everybody's harry potter right and it's like yeah well even harry potter
1: she took how long did right? that take like seven years well i was talking about the character
0: himself like oh, the, right. you know he gets, he gets on the, yeah. he gets on his broom first time, yeah. wins the quidditch match and he's yeah. just got his natural talent but yeah. let's talk about jk rowling right yeah i mean um so you just started reading harry potter for the first time I did. in your life <laughs> I did. which is like i mean at the same yeah. time i'm the age of harry potter right so right. when harry potter one came out yeah. right sorcerer's stone I was 12 like right. I was Hogwarts age. Yeah, was so really, that was like in yeah. my life. Um so you're reading it now. Yeah. But I mean you kind of reflect on how Rowling got to that point, right?
1: Right, right. And I will say I I'm really enjoying it.
0: I like it a lot. Okay, thank yeah. So uh, in case you're listening. Yeah. This is worth um, reading if you <laughs> <laughs> So uh, uh, Mrs Rowling uh, yeah. David Hopping really loves like, it. So
1: it's like it's like walking in a room and saying, Have you guys tried ice cream? It's so good. <laughs> 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 But no, it's like really good. I'm, I'm halfway through the fourth year now. Yeah, yeah. But um but yeah, I mean she her story you, you couldn't ask for a better smile, example, yeah, yeah. right? Like somebody who's worked so hard to get what she wants. And then people look back and they say, oh,
0: well, you know, first book, you got so famous. Yeah. She's
1: like, well, yeah, you didn't see me living in a car and, like, you know, getting rejection <laughs> letters piled up on my desk. Well, I mean, yeah, that was so. the
0: same thing with uh, Stephen King and Carrie, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. At, at the point that Carrie got picked up, he'd been sending stuff out like like yeah. crazy, but he was living in a trailer yeah. with no phone, yeah. right? And he, he ended up finding out that Carrie got picked up by Telegram because of the... <laughs> Because the publisher couldn't yeah, even end yeah, yeah. It, so it was like, knock, knock, telegram for you, sir. You know, yeah. But <laughs> the thing was, is that he had like that. thrown the manuscript for Carrie away. Oh, that His good? wife pulled it out of the trash uh-huh. and said, no, don't give up, like because yeah. it had been rejected so many times. Yeah. And she said, this is good, yeah, send yeah. it out. And then he finally got picked up. But I mean, it was, it yeah. was that years of that grind and that hard work. Yeah. Um, and I think that this kind of could circle back around to, okay, so let's take a look at our classrooms. Yeah. I mean, Angela Duckworth calls it grit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've got people who talk about having the ability to the, the follow the 10,000-hour rule, yeah. stuff like that. How do you communicate to that to your students? And, and are you finding yeah. that this... Is this a culture that you're trying to set up in your classroom? Is it a one-on-one thing that you approach? Is it a mixture yeah, of things? It's a mixture. It's how do we, it's how so do we share this concept with our students in our classrooms? Yeah,
1: I mean, you asked me, like, five years from now, probably there's a different answer. But, <laughs> That's I mean, okay. Yeah, right now. It's Let's like, just take it where you're at right now, yeah, you know? Yeah, we're just finished the first year. I, I think it's a mix. So, like, I try to be, be minded that way when I speak to my class in general. Sure. Like, Here's an inspirational thought for you. This is an article I read. This is worth having for you. Here's some stoic principles, whatever the case may be. Right? I'm going to bring this up in the common discussion in. of the classroom, yeah. common language of the classroom. Yeah, probably to their annoyance. I don't know. <laughs> hey, repetition is like, a great teacher, man. But then where I found, so there's that, there's that level of it. And then what I found is it starts to starts to filter. And, and you get yeah. one or two or three or four students that will come outside of class, office hours, or whatever, yeah. and they'll come by and they'll... They'll want to talk some more. Yeah. Or they've got an idea or they've got a concern. And you're like, okay, I'm gonna reinforce that with you. Yeah. And so it starts to kind of be in this group of like I I think there's people that are, are born with that kind of grit. Like sure. they're just God, right? Um and then other Or at people, least it runs like, in their family culture, their family. right? Yeah, yeah maybe it's like type of it's thing. It's like a
0: nature nurture discussion. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Yeah.
1: But then the the other side there's people that it's like a, it's like a little bit of a fire within them, but they don't why have the contest let it burn? And they need someone to kind of yeah. blow on that. Yeah, a little bit, and so then yeah. when they hear me coming and speak to the class in general, they're like, oh, that felt good. Can we talk more? And you're like, yes. Okay. Come and talk to me. Let's let's stoke And then there's people on the other end that that won't. That, that and you got your stuff. for them. And and yeah. you know my my true feeling about that is that yeah. they might think in that moment that, that art was their career for them. Mm-hmm. And then one day they'll walk into another classroom. It'll be. Biology 101, and they'll be like, where has this been all my life? Yeah. And the fire blows up in them, right?
0: There you go. That's, that's my hope. But I want to give them every opportunity, every opportunity that we can, yeah.
1: And so that's the kind of thing, like in a, in a general classroom setting, you just, you try to throw that blanket out. Everybody be uh-huh. warm, everybody, this is, this is great. Yeah. And some people are going to respond and some aren't. And and the hard part, I think, well, one of, one of the hard parts about managing your own mental health as a teacher mm-hmm. is to be able to say, um, I'm a... I am an influential, to use that word again, sure. part, but I'm not your life. I get yeah. you for this year or this semester or whatever the case may be, and I hope I do all the right things that you need, but I am you know, a small part of the influences in your
0: life. And, and, well, and we need to reset that for ourselves all the time because, yeah. again, the next year is going to roll around. It's yeah. a whole new group of people. Yeah. And if we let the last year's experience influence that. I mean, of course, we need to learn from our past years of teaching, but we got to understand this is a new, different person, person. and I need to reintroduce these concepts again, and I cannot get tired of these fundamental, core, human interaction, classroom leadership ideas that the first year we try it might have given us so much fire and inspiration, and then we forget that we have to actually... Rebuild that fire with a new group, and, and we get frustrated with them. It's like, how come you're not getting it? My other class got it yes, at the end yes. of the year. <laughs> you know, type, type of thing. Yeah. I mean, because I'm yeah. seeing my students now in the fourth quarter, and they just turned in their final essays, and I'm yeah. reading through each one, and this is the culmination yeah. of the entire year of working through these ideas. And I'm like, yes, this is so good. This is so good. This yeah. is, this needs work. This right. one's so good. You know, right. type of thing. Yeah, um, but but not forgetting that. We also need to encounter every class with that yeah. same fire that, that we brought yeah. to the first time we try and apply these principles.
1: Yeah. I think that's just a wonderful way of doing it, <clears throat> and that's to me that's where we get these you know these this more modern language about learner centered teaching and yeah,
0: teaching,
1: where you, because even just that phrase reminds you that, like it's about the student, like it's not about It so board. is right and and you, when you go in that class like you're saying like it's a new group and yeah. And that's why, like, as much, it, it, it makes it easy if you say, well, okay, this is my, this is these are my assignments, my syllabus for this class. Sure. Right? And I'm going to repeat it. Like, that's fine, but make sure that you at least, like, refresh it a little bit. We right? can't let the mm-hmm.
0: curriculum take place of the fact that what we're really in in the profession is, is a human interaction right. job, right. right? You're not trying in to pretty all these
1: kids. You can't. No. Especially in something that's a creative field. Oh, yeah. You know, writing arts, like, you can't. I mean, you do a disservice, I think, to the the arts in general, if you're trying to cookie cutter and wrap to to only love Shakespeare or to only love Chagall sure. or whatever the case may be, right? And same with me, if I if I tell my students, well, this is the artist. If you don't yeah. like him, you're wasting your time. That's what point does that serve?
0: I'm going to teach you skills. Yes. These are going to happen to be the mediums through which we're going to practice these skills. Exactly. Maybe we do use Shakespeare. Maybe we do use Thoreau. Maybe we do use oils or yeah. whatever. But the fundamental principles of good writing or of good art or yeah. of aesthetic um, or of mathematics, yeah. um, they're the same. Yes. And this just yeah. happens to be in a medium that we're going to use. Yeah. And
1: you need to identify for the students that that's the goal. Mm-hmm. right? Um, and and my, my teachers that were were useful to me I guess when yeah. we were able to see that and like this teacher in the article like yeah. he could paint beautifully but he saw that that wasn't my strength and instead of like trying to force me into that mm-hmm. and say you're not good unless you can do this he let me be my own thing and um, you know I, I've had students even in my short time now that, that have done that. they come in and say like, look, I, this is what I want to do but this is what I do for class yeah. and I think well Okay, then there's a disconnect. We're, we're not serving you well. If you've got this great work over here that's your personal work and you're doing kind of like C-level work over here, yeah. like, like, wait a minute, what's... Well, what's the fact that they had the
0: confidence to approach you with that idea too, yeah, yeah. I think speaks leagues to the effort you put into creating that teacher-student relationship, right? Okay. Because I, I think that as well, they could have just as easily been too afraid to talk to you about that, and say, nope, this is what Professor Hobbin wants, right. and that's what I'm going to give him, and I'm sure. going to jump through his hoop, and then I'll do my stuff that I want to do later. Sure, sure. Um, I hope and, that that's the case. I hope yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. that the, the, they have that confidence to come and talk yeah, to I mean, that's
1: how, That was one of my, my early goals. Well, still my goal, but one thing that you know, sure. I was kind of like starting into this path, I was like, what kind of a teacher do I want to be? And I, and I hope that that's coming across, where I do have students that come in and, and see my graffiti poster up on the wall and like yeah. you know whatever else and every other they can say, okay, this is a safe place for me to be me. And and whether that's in a classroom discussion or whatever else, I I am not the right teacher to come in and tell you how to do things the way that the quote unquote masters have done it. I yeah can, I can talk to you about it and we can break down the principles and I can share history with you and we that we can have that general discussion. Sure. But if you come to me and say, I really want to paint like Rembrandt I'll be like okay, uh, let's
0: go find somebody that can help you do that, because I'm not that good. For okay. sure, right? If you want to draw making like, well, like, we yeah, that. well, I mean, at the same time, that comes down to the point of, like, we need to remember, again, we are not the fence. Right. Right? right. And um, then that empowers us to set aside that ego yeah. and say, you know, because I care about you, Yeah. Um, let's find you the way yeah. Forward, right, yeah. and I'm gonna give you that little bit of extra time yeah, yeah. to find that, and and they'll, they'll, remember that forever, you know that, that yeah. you were able to lead them to that door, um, and and or at least open the pathway towards looking for it, at least. Yeah, you know? that's
1: that's like the minimum hope, right? Like, yeah, like I'm not out to be the teacher they always remember sure. or something, kind of but I hope that just for their well-being in life, that they have those kind of it's like I've oh had where yeah. Where you have somebody that says, "Just relax, let go of that right. expectation, and and be you for a minute, and see yeah. how that feels. Try you on it and see how that feels. Mm-hmm. And I bet you're going to feel a lot better about that in the long run than you are where you're currently trying to put on everybody else's clothes. Yeah, you know, like, like, I, I can't um, like anybody else. Like we can't be comfortable when we're trying to be something that inherently doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea I think with education is to expose people in, in the creative aspect specifically, sure. to a lot of different influences and mm-hmm. let them try things on. So, speaking in terms of the failing faster, they can feel what doesn't work for them mm-hmm. and let them have that opportunity. And then, you know, as they get further along in their education, they're able to pinpoint down what it is they want to do. Yeah. And say, okay, I, I'm I'm choosing like like right now like I, because it's in,
0: it's in, it's informed by their own experience. Right, right. You know? So if people look at me and they say, "Well, this guy does a lot of line
1: work and draws with a ballpoint pen," it's not because that's the only thing I've ever tried. It's just I tried a lot of different things, and I do what what I can work so best. What for, works, right? yeah. And and for any number of reasons, the other things aren't my deal. But I'll I'll dip into them from time to time because yeah. it's there. But I don't. I don't want myself or any of my students to feel that if I'm not doing that other thing, then I'm, I'm not worthwhile. Self-worth yeah. is so important to me with my students. I want them to understand their inherent and intrinsic self-worth. And that's yes. because that opens the door
0: for everything. Else. Well, and, and I think that that's, I think that that is the core principle we've kind of been driving at this whole conversation Yeah, is how, how do we create that environment where we can, um, strengthen that inherent self-worth yeah i mean i remember this one time when i was teaching fourth grade and i had this kid who bless his heart he was probably he was one of the most unruly children um you know and and he came from a really hard home background and um you know his his father was in prison and i I knew that his mother had dabbled with meth from Mm -hmm. time to time and i wasn't quite sure what she was with it at the time yeah um often didn't have lunch or hadn't eaten breakfast and things sure. that sort, you know so i can understand where he's coming from but i remember one time he was just muddling through this math problem we were working with fractions for the first yeah. time and um i was walking around and i kind of knelt down next to his desk and i said all right you're doing it you know you're a good boy <laughs> you know because you're trying yeah you know and he just like stopped it was it was like someone had like yeah. Shot him with a blow dart, you know? Right. right and he's right. like, what did you say to me? He said, yeah. you're working hard. You're a good boy. Yeah. That blows his mind. Really? Heart. Yeah. You know, like,
1: yeah.
0: okay. Yeah. And and from that time on, like, he, and and that was where he emotionally attached to the fact, like, yeah, I can work hard and understand fractions, right. and became, like, the fraction king. Right. You know, at, yeah. you know for, for the fourth grade class, and, and ended up mentoring a couple of other fourth grade students. Sure. With how to do fractions. Sure. All because he had that little shot in the arm that just said, keep it up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, that fed his self-worth. Yeah. Um, as, well, a, as a human being. And that
1: feeds you as a teacher. Sure. Too, right? Those kind of moments. I think that's... You know, feel like why do you teach? It's yeah, because you you have those moments where you can
0: be that voice, right? mm-hmm. and, well, and it has to be authentic too. I mean, it's not oh, something yeah, that we yeah. can fabricate. At all. You yeah, manipulate. not control. But it aspects. just happens, you know. Yeah. And if you've got your eyes open to do that, and you're just looking to see that on that individual level, provide it when it's necessary. Yeah. And see that, seize that opportunity of luck. Yeah. Right yeah. when the opportunity presents itself. That's it. That's it.
1: Yeah. And what a lucky thing it is to have a student that will respond to you. Right. And, and give you
0: that yeah, yeah what a lucky thing that. it is yeah. I think that's a great place to end this conversation what a lucky thing it is yeah. Well,
1: yeah. we're lucky to be doing what we do yeah. yeah we really are I'm lucky
0: to be here with you yeah thanks yeah. David thank you so much no for giving us some time thank you so much for having me appreciate yeah. it yeah. wow well let's be honest our conversation went a little bit of everywhere fences horses long dead painters metaphors about gold nuggets But at its core, the conclusions we came to about being the kind of teacher that's prepared to recognize and seize the individual opportunities to make a difference is what separates good teachers from the great teachers. If you want to read more and more so enjoy the illustrations from David's article, check out the link in the description. You can find more of David Hobben's work on his website, hobbeninc.com, or follow him on his Instagram at hobbeninc, H-A-B-B-E-N-I-N-K. If you want to follow this discussion more, check out the related blog posts on my website at www.teachinthesneaks.com. Teaching and mentoring is a fundamentally human endeavor. So, as always, don't forget to be human and keep being compassionate.